When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Grammy-nominated artist Matthew West is joining us now. Matthew's the recipient of many awards, including an American Music Award, a Billboard Music Award, and the Rich Mullins Impact Award. Matthew's also an amazing songwriter. He's a podcast host and an author. Hey, Matthew, thanks so much for joining me. It's great to be talking with you. Hey, Kirk, it's an honor to talk to you. I'm a big fan, and uh, thanks for having me today. This is great. Well, we talk about so many things on this show, and, and you and I have an opportunity to talk about something I think is really creative and inspiring, and I'm really looking forward uh, to this. You know, there is uh, no question in my mind, and I think in anyone's mind if they really think about it, that arts and entertainment are important to people. We love movies, we love music, we love art, we love poetry. These are the things that inspire us. These are the things that, mm. that bring tears to our eyes, goosebumps on our skin. It's the things that give us courage or make us angry. These are the things that are worth fighting for. The arts send, tend to touch a place in our hearts that just facts and information doesn't. I mean, I remember as a kid when I was 14, 15 years old, the music of Prince just like rocked my world, right? I mean, here's this little guy on a purple motorcycle and it was like, yeah. purple rain, purple rain. And, and I was like, oh my gosh. And it was like, people didn't know it, but when I was not Mike Seaver on the set, I was in my dressing room and I had purple lights inside my little trailer and that's where I was nice. rehearsing my lines. I was singing When Doves Cry, and I was crying. <laughs> and it was like, all I wanted to do was just sort of soak that up. And then when I became a Christian, I started listening to, in the, at that time, Amy Grant and Michael W. Smith, and I was, it was my father's eyes, and it was, you really need a yeah. savior. And all yeah. of a sudden, hymns became important because they taught me my, th my theology, how deep the Father's love, amazing grace, oh. um, uh, uh, come thou fount of every blessing, uh, all of these yes. things began to shape who I was and, and, and mm. point me in a particular direction in the future. So you're one of those guys. I mean, you're, you're one of the people who makes the music that influences us. What has music meant to you personally from when you were little to, to, to now? Well, first, I got to say, your melody was on point. You started <laughs> singing Purple Rain. I thought, I thought they were Ooh. playing a, a copy of Prince singing. Like, you, you, got, you got skills, man. So I think I see a duet in our future. That's right. I, you know what? I, need to have a, uh, I wanted to have a house on Lake Minnetonka. You know, I mean, it was like I was all in to Prince. <laughs> well, what's interesting to me is, like, you just described your progression of music. And it's interesting to hear where hymns fell in line of you discovering music and what music mattered to you. You know, most people... Like my like myself, someone who grew up in church, hymns would be sort of at the front of the line in terms of the okay. discovery of music. So some of my earliest memories were, you know, singing these just powerful hymns as a kid that maybe I didn't think were very cool, but now I grow up and guess which songs I return to time and again yeah. and actually put into my live show time and again. You mentioned uh, "Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing." You know, I just yeah, I, man. I always come back to the line like "Prone to Wander, Lord, I Feel It." Prone to leave the God 
God I love. Here's my heart, Lord. Take it, seal it. Take it and seal it. You know, I, I just think oh. about these words, and the hymns are so powerful. I sing Amazing Grace um, in every show. And uh, lately, I've been singing, instead of My Chains Are Gone, I've been singing My Mask Is Gone. But that's another topic <laughs> for another time. But, you know, music's always had a big I've been a big part of my life. You know, Kirk, I'm a preacher's kid. And so yeah. I grew up in and around my dad's church in the Chicago suburbs. And I was just always in the sanctuary and there was a piano nearby. Mm -hmm. My mom always had a lovely voice. And um, But growing up, my, my sights were more set on sports than music. So music was always sort of in the peripheral you know it wasn't my focus but it was something that everybody said i was good at and yeah. i always was drawn to music and so i grew up actually pre instead of prince i was already like my parents wanted me listening to christian music all the time yeah it was and so i remember going to the the bible bookstore and they would have a music display and my mom would be looking for devotional books and they would have all these displays i don't know if you remember this but it was like if you like prince then try right DC Talk or something, right. <laughs> and they, they would show you the Christian alternative of every popular mainstream band. My example was horrible, but um, but I really fell in love with Christian music growing up because there was something I was drawn to going to see a DC Talk show, going to see Stephen Curtis Chapman. This music was moving me. These people mm -hmm. up on stage were role models, right. but they loved Jesus, and they were using their gifts to tell a hurting world that there's hope. And there was something that I was always drawn to. And so as I grew up and began making music myself, I just couldn't separate my art from my faith. And people told me, well, you could be a mainstream artist if you want to. You might be able to reach more people if you water down my message. And you know what, Kirk? That just never sat right with me. I never felt compelled to water down my message because my faith in Christ has always been the driving force of my life. Ever since I asked Jesus into my heart, my faith is the driving force of my life. How can it not be the driving force of my art yeah, as well? And that's really what's led me to follow in the footsteps of some of those artists that you mentioned, like Michael W. Smith and yeah. Amy Grant. And I really felt God calling me to be part of the next generation of that. Do, do you really think that music in particular can change history, that it can, that it can, that it can like shave, uh, you know, some of the bad parts off of culture in terms of the way that people think, bad ideas, and get them pointed in a better direction? And have you seen that ever happen? Like where, you know, you look at the Beatles, right? And they, they sort of like revolutionized the way people thought about the world maybe, and certainly revolutionized music. Uh, where, how have you seen in your lifetime or when you look into history, where are places where music has really been like a tsunami force to change the way people think in culture? Here's what I know. I don't think a song itself or a genre of music itself can make history or change history. It might break records. It might be on Billboard magazine, might even win you an award. But I have seen firsthand how big our God is, that he can use little things. Yeah. He can use something as little as a three-minute song to reach into somebody's life and do totally. what you described earlier, how some somehow, some way, music can cut through the teaching, cut through the clutter, cut through whatever drama of the moment and reach straight into somebody's heart, reach them in their most desperate moment. And I have been blessed to have a front row seat when somebody yep. shares with me how they've heard a certain song or, you know, I mean, just this past weekend, I was in Texas and I didn't know it, but after the concert was over towards the end of the night, I said a prayer, just like Billy Graham said when I was a 13 year old kid watching him on TV. And lo and behold, there's an eight year old kid in the crowd who was so moved by what was taking place at this concert 
concert at an amusement park of all places yeah, yeah. that he raised his hand and he prayed and asked Jesus to become the Lord and Savior of his life. So can music change history? Uh, I don't know about that, but can God speak through something as little as a three-minute song to tell an yeah. eight-year-old kid that he's deeply loved? I've seen that happen, and I'm proof that that happens. Well, your, your songs are so inspiring, and they inspire me when I'm driving in my truck and I'm just going down the road, and I'm like, hey, I want to listen to that song. And, and I love that we can talk about music uh, in, a, in, a, yeah. in, in a very real, concrete way as something mysterious, because it does affect the heart. I mean, I, I can listen to a song right now and it'll make me cry, or I can listen to a song right now yeah. that's gonna get me all fired up because somebody just gave voice to something that I feel and yeah. I'm saying, yes, yes, that's been bottled up inside of me and I haven't known how to say it and you just gave me a voice to do that. And, and, and whether it's defying a law and creating something out of nothing or like Michelangelo would say, right, he, he saw like there was some figure inside the rock that just needed to be released and all he did was carve the stuff away and let the David come out of the rock. Like that's a crazy way to that's think so about amazing. art too. Yeah. So yeah, that's uh, let, let, let me say this, some people can use songs to vent, other people use their songs as uh, to give uh, voice to their vision of how they want the world to be. How can mm. people use music and song as a vector for good in the world and not just wow. vent about the stuff that's bad in the world? Yeah, boy, I think, you're talking about something really important and it's something that I'm very passionate about. I think, you know, sometimes, you know, I'm mostly known in the genre of Christian music. I've written songs for like country singers and things like that. And I've had this career behind the scenes, writing songs, not just for myself to sing, but for other artists as well. And so I've seen music from different standpoints, Kirk, like different genres. And I'll say this, you know, I, I feel like my job as a songwriter is to extract the hope from what looks like a hopeless situation and now now more than ever maybe in these last couple years you know you should not be surprised and anybody watching this get ready because i'm gonna tell you what songwriters are in the business of extracting hope out of what seems like hopeless situations and like you said Amen. some people can use their music to vent some people can use their music to glorify you know um the world's values and things like that but when somebody who loves jesus who's been gifted to make music or create art digs in during a, a dark time like these last 18 months and dares to believe that there's some hope that can be extracted from a seemingly hopeless situation, yeah. that's when these songs of hope rise up out of the ashes. And so the answer is 100% yes. I mean, songs can rise up, music can rise up, the arts can rise up out of hopeless situations and be used for good in a world um, that is desperate for hope and trying to find it in all the wrong places. I mean, we look at these artists who are being glorified right now. And I, I'm a dad of two daughters, Kirk. And so some of what fuels me as a music maker is also the inspiration as a dad. Yeah. And I think you know what I'm talking about. We want to be positive role models. And the world holds up these so-called role models. And, and they're lifting up a different message that's not a message of hope. It's just more dark to a dark world. I want to bring light to a dark world. Amen and amen. You know, uh, th this, we're having church now. Matthew, what you're saying is 
finding hope in hopeless situations. Uh, that's what songwriters do best. And I think of that, and I think God must be a songwriter because the gospel itself is the greatest song ever sung about finding yeah. hope in a hopeless situation yeah. uh, on yeah. top of a hill at the foot of a cross where an innocent man yes. was crucified. And we go, yes. didn't see that one coming. He destroyed death yeah. by dying. And then he overthrew the devil and we all have life who deserve death. Yeah. Awesome. Matthew, I want you to just hold on. We're going to talk about more of, of this and, and, and so many other great things and how you and I and can show other people how they can find the inner songwriter in them so that they can begin to bless their own mm. homes, their community, and the world through the arts when we come back. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Before the break, we talked about the incredible impact that music and arts and entertainment have on our world. So, so let's spend some time talking with Matthew about how we can be a part of creating God-glorifying, transformational, creative works in our own home, in our own communities. Mm. Hey, Matthew, uh, let's, let me ask you this. You're a creative guy. You inspire other people through your songs. Who inspired you? I mean, who were the greats in your life that say, you know what, that guy, oh my gosh, he rocked my world. This, this girl inspired me. I, I took a lot of cues from that person. Yeah, um, man, um, the songs of Rich Mullins before he passed away, you know, I can remember, it's just like you were talking earlier about just hearing a certain song and it takes you to a certain moment. Uh, you know, the soundtracks of my life were Rich Mullins and, and Stephen Curtis Chapman. Specifically, I was at a Stephen Curtis Chapman concert as a college student, Kirk, and I had enough money to get, uh, you know, the nosebleeds. I was sitting up high in the arena in Champaign, Illinois. And uh, there was something about that concert that night where I, I just really felt like God was speaking to me, telling me that he was going to use me in a way just like that. I could see the vision. I could see it happening in the future. So those were those artists that I'd look to and go, man, how did they put those chords with that music? And it's moving me so deeply and, and drawing me closer to Jesus. Music has always been a big part of my own personal quiet times of you know, my worship time. I love leading worship at my church. I love how music can point people to God. You just talk, You just mentioned that. In the movie business, think of movies that end up pointing people to God with people who are writing books that turn into movies like J.R. Tolkien, or you have C.S. Lewis, yes. you have the Chronicles of Narnia, you have The Hobbit, you have uh, The Lord of the Rings. And it's so cool to see the, the symbolism in those movies. Even, even stuff that's not meant to be pointing people to God have these right. biblical themes because I think those themes resonate with the human heart. And it's like, again, just tapping into a law of the universe. Stories that are all about uh, betrayal 
and rebellion and then rescue and baptism and death and sacrifice and resurrection and then restoration. <laughs> Those themes yeah. are just the best themes and make people want to stand up and cheer and clap in a movie theater or at uh, a, a, a festival theater. What you're implying is really interesting that there's people who unknowingly are creating art that's still pointing to, G to Jesus. Yeah. You, you believe that's possible? Absolutely. I, I don't think that they can help it because God uses foolish things to confound the wise. To confound he the uses wise. donkeys. He uses actors. He uses three-minute songs. <laughs> he, he, you, he turns the line around, you know, and takes things that the world considers foolish uh, or even religious people may think is foolish. And yes. he uses them to confound yes. legalism or hypocrisy or whatever. And, uh, and I love that. I think even the times that we're living in right now, can actually be bringing things out of the family of faith that have been asleep for a long, long time. Oh, things that's like so courage, good. Yeah. things like yes. not divorcing your faith from your world and actually getting involved to bring heaven uh, to earth. And, and that's what I love about yeah, songwriting, and that's what you're doing. You know, I think it's important what you're saying too about Christians, like ha having this awakening, you know, to be. I, I've even gone through it over the last several weeks, Kirk, where. You know, I had the the mob kind of come after me, misinterpreting this funny song I had written. And this was, you know, as a Christian, as a dad, it was a song for my daughters, and and just people just pounced on me. I mean, you what were the characters you talked about? The hyenas. It just felt right. like I was under attack. And you know, as a Christian, I don't think we have any idea what the word persecution really means. Uh, in our daily lives just yet. But I feel like we're getting closer to that fire where do we really believe what we say we believe? And are we w really willing to stand up for what we believe even when it's not popular um, by the world? And and I and I, I want to be one of those people that uses my platform as a music maker because I firmly believe what you said is 100% true, that, um, that the darkness can't exist where the light is shining bright. And so as believers, whether you're a music maker or an actor or mm -hmm. a plumber, whatever it is, are you willing to have that kind of courage to stand up and let your life sing the song of what God has done for you and and not and not let it be a song that's mumbled or whispered but will you sing that song loudly every day that you live your life even when it goes against popular and public opinion so so Matthew how can people do that so you know not everybody's got a, a sound booth and a, and a microphone and an audience my daughter and her husband are, are a young couple that love to make music and he he loves to rap and she loves to sing and they're trying to tell stories that are going to impact the world around them yeah um, how can everyday people who really want to have a, a voice do that from yeah. their home in their community? I, you know, I wonder how many people you've talked to that say, well, you know, sure, God's using you, Kirk, in such a big way. You're on television and you do all these things. And people might look at us two guys and we've been given a public platform with which to express our personal faith in Christ. And people can get discouraged and feel like, well, I don't have that kind of platform. Therefore, God possibly couldn't be singing his mercy song through my life. And and yet I think about Jeremiah 29, 11 and Jeremiah 29, 13. 
Jeremiah 29, 11 is the reminder, and every Christian should know this verse by heart, but where God says, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper, not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. And then two verses later, we're told how to find his plan for our lives. And that is, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. And so I, my first encouragement to how could somebody be singing a song of hope in their lives? Well, first and foremost, we can't expect to sing a song of hope or to make any sort of impact in this world that's going to be meaningful beyond the temporary if we're not seeking God with all of our hearts. Isn't that number one, right? Knowing that he has the plan, he's the author, and I'm going to spend time with him and go to him. And then beyond that, not overlooking the opportunities right in front of us. I'm going to tell you something. You know, I love making music. I love getting called to do an interview with Kirk Cameron. How cool is this? <laughs> but not for a second do I think that this ministry opportunity is more significant than what needs to take place in my home today with my daughters. Yeah with my wife. And so, I mean, some of that is going to be like, God, help us and forgive us when we overlook the immediate opportunities in front of us in our families, in our communities, in our churches, to just be a witness. Forget about writing a three-minute song. If I'm not living the three-minute song that I just wrote, Kirk, then I'm going to stand before the Lord and have to be accountable for that. What good is it for me? It's like the scripture, to gain the whole world but lose your soul. What good is it for me to sing about Jesus my whole life, but my kids don't really grow up saying they had a good relationship with their dad. I don't want I don't want an L in that column and I refuse to let that happen. So I would yeah. encourage anybody watching this who's not a music maker to go ask God to help you sing a song of mercy and hope and togetherness and love and courage in your own home in your direct sphere of influence yeah. first and foremost. Yeah, Matthew, I, I love music. Um, <clears throat> but I'm not very musically inclined. Some of my kids are, and they loved it, and they have beautiful yeah. voices, and they sing, and they play the piano, and, and, and all of that. But you know what? I, I love to be able to listen to music, and, and tell me what you think if this is a good thing that people could do at home, is just um, listen to the music that my kids are playing that they really like, and then yeah. listen, to the, listen to the lyrics and just use that as a jumping off point for a conversation, right? Like, like yeah. why are they saying that? You know, and well, dad, yeah. you know, don't, don't come down on them. You've never walked in their shoes and that's their reality and that's what they're dealing with. And if we don't yeah. talk about that, and I think, okay, that's actually a good point. You know, wh- wh- why is it like that? Why is that culture like that? Why are they lamenting those things? You know, um, and maybe that's, that's something that people point. could do is that we could use other people's music as jumping off points for yeah. conversations. The only the only uh, asterisk I would add to that is you maybe you don't want to play Cardi B too loud in your kitchen, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but but I do think what you're saying is important, especially when it comes to like parents and their kids. Is you know if it's it's that when we make certain things, when we write off certain things, I'll give you a good example, and people might be like surprised to hear this for you know a Christian singer who's a dad of two daughters. Well, his daughter still asks him can I go to this concert? And it's not a Christian music concert. Yeah. And I'm like, so I'm just being honest with you, Kirk. I'm like going, well, man, like I'm this Christian artist. My daughter wants to go to this secular show. How am I supposed to handle that? And I don't know the answer. All I know is I don't want to make this some forbidden fruit that she's not allowed to experience 
I think what you're saying is really important is listening to that music together could be a great way to engage in discussion and then help your kids and yourself understand like, hey, what does this music stand for? What is it about? Yeah. And and don't let, you know, we all know we say, oh, I don't even listen to the words. You know, you know, that's that's not true. It's not possible. You say, oh, I just like the groove. No, the lyrics get into our heads and they make their way to our hearts. That's why I write the kind of songs I do, because I believe that God is using it to to fill people's hearts with his truth and and with good things and so it's one of those things as a parent where you're trying to figure that out we play music in our house constantly and would you believe this we rarely play a matthew west song i'm not even in the top 10 with my daughters but yeah, uh, but i love listening to exactly <laughs> but i do i love listening to the music that they love and then kind of trying to find ways, ask the Lord to give me wisdom and how to speak towards pointing them towards things that are going to fill their hearts. And let me tell you what's so cool. I wonder if you've had this happen, Kirk, but walking into my daughter's room and she's fallen asleep late at night and she left her music playing and she's listening to worship music as she fell asleep. And I'm going, all right. Okay. Like it, it fills me with hope because I'm like, okay, I thought she was only listening to five seconds of summer. This makes me feel better. Yeah. So we've all been given a voice too. I, I believe that, you know, and a lot of that can be discovered as we put pen to paper. If we yep. will quiet our lives enough, and I'm talking to myself, I'm preaching to myself right now, because here I am, I'm in the business of being creative, and yet I can get so busy that I'm forgetting to take care of first things first, sit yep. down and read my Bible and write in my journal. But a lot of that can come out of when we put pen to paper and just pour out our heart before the Lord, you know, pour out our hearts. I mean, I think that's an important thing and it will help us to discover what kind of unique voice we've been given, whether it's poetry or song or just words of encouragement to somebody else. Our lives are telling a story. Our lives are singing a song. And if we're turning our eyes to Jesus at, at every turn and every single day, then that's going to be a story of hope and it's going to be a song of redemption and it can't help but make an impact in a dark world. Matthew, thanks so much for, for joining me today. 